count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. Howdy friends, I just got to tell you guys something, is that I have not been super inspired these past two weeks, and I think it's, I think it's a product of being almost um, out of tune, almost out of tune. Uh, of course, a lot of guitar players listen to this podcast, right? Have you ever just played a guitar that just can't stay in tune? <laughs> it's just like... It's really strange to think about that, but I just think I cannot get in tune. So, so what I'm going to do, and I, I just want to basically run a question by you guys and hit me back if, if you think this is potentially worth doing. But I think after I, we dropped this Cosmic Country record, A Young Man's Country, on August 7th, that I'm going to take a break from social media. I feel like it's, I haven't really taken a break off social media since 2013. Uh, I, I first got on Instagram when I was walking around Times Square with my friend Harrison Whitford and I just turned 18 and he had just bought some American Spirits yellow package and he was 17 at the time but he he looked 37 he's a super handsome guy so it works for him and I remember him being like do you, do you fuck with Instagram? I'm like I don't even know what that is he's like oh I post photos of my dog going there and now here we are 7 years later we both have tens of thousands of followers and it's like I don't know I just think about it way too much though and I feel like it's potentially putting me out of tune just in regards to everything that's going on here and so in searching for an existential answer in all of this th thought that's been going on with social media I wanted to really dive into a, the most sensitive topic that, that we're all seeing right now, which is you know the concept of um, of equality amongst race in our country. So I'm going to get straight to the point here. I also want to thank you guys for listening to the new music that that's dropped recently. Um, Justice, the second single from a young man's country, already out now. We're already halfway through our goal of reaching 500 final pre-orders, and uh, it's just sincerely so beautiful. It's so amazing. So I just can't thank you guys enough. Everyone in the Cosmic Country Club. Everybody's not in the Cosmic Country Club. I still love you, but Jesus Christ, it's free. Just, just join. I mean, damn. Uh, <laughs> link in bio, whatever. Link in bio is everywhere. Cosmic Country Club. Uh, but thank, thank you guys again for tuning into the podcast, and we are going to get straight to it with, with my friend Scott DiCarlo. Scott served on the East Rutherford Police Force for over 20 years, and uh, I met Scott when I was doing a gig with him, a one-off gig, when I was, I think, 16 or 17 years old. He had um, been transitioning from a career in the police force to a career in Nashville that was based in country music, and he's since retired from the police force and now is pursuing writing, uh, mostly in Nashville. But at the time, he was doing fantastic artistry work. And uh, we were playing at a place called The Wonder Bar, which is an infamous New Jersey spot. And I'm from New Jersey. I moved to Nashville when I was eight. 
Uh, but I have such kin to people from New Jersey because it's such a distinct personality type in. It's a personality type that is largely constructed on the premise of hard work, honesty, and hard moral values um, based from a place of trying to better oneself and love the people that are around them. And uh, Scott's dialogue throughout our conversation directly reflects these morals. And uh, we're coming at this topic from a place of nothing but empathy. And so it was really sincerely a privilege to be able to talk to someone who is an expert uh, at being a police officer, uh, had, a, had a fantastic career in doing so, and uh, you know had um, an excellent relationship with everyone that he um, worked with in his community. So just a really heavy, intense experience for me to be able to talk honestly with somebody who, who knows this much about what's, about what's going on in the world right now. And so uh, I'll, I'll just get right to it. Mr. Scott DiCarlo, everyone. And we're live. Here we are. Thank you for doing this, sir. I'm happy to be here. Um, okay, I'm so home. we were, were you, what were you saying? I said I'm home, but I'm happy to be here. So you are home in Tennessee. Yep. Okay, but you just got back from Jersey. Yep. And, um, okay. <laughs> How long were you up in Jersey? A couple weeks. I, I was up there for maybe almost three weeks helping a friend out with uh, his business. Right, of course, of course. Did you go into New York at all? We did. Uh, believe it or not, when you had messaged me about, you know, getting together, um, I think it was Sunday. No, no, it was last week sometime. But sun, this past Sunday. Yeah. We took a, we took a motorcycle ride into Manhattan um, oh. early. It was like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, and oh. we, we rode around and and uh, took a took a photo in Times Square and whatnot. Uh, but in so doing, it's disgusting there. Like, the, why is that? There's trash everywhere. Um, I didn't see law enforcement anywhere except for around their precincts. Um, but just the filth that it, it just reminded me of being a kid growing up in, in New Jersey and, you know, jumping a bus with my friends going into New York, you know, oh, yeah. to, to see if we could score beer, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, but like it was that dirty back then. And, in, 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 you know, it just <clears throat> it's so filthy there. It, it, I don't know if it will ever recover. It really is disgusting. Yeah. Are you seeing a lot of graffiti as well? Are you seeing like a oh, lot God, of? Oh God, there's gra graffiti everywhere, and Man, not, yeah. not that I'm against it, but every place you went, there was a hanging rainbow over a business window, or you know, Black Lives Matter scribble graffiti. You know, it really um, it, just disrespectful to you know the city itself. That's the thing that seems to be the. Because this all has happened very fast, right? Right. And the thing where I started, I am. I'm sure you and I both. You know, we're all for making the nation a more unified place and making it a happier place for everyone to live in and equalizing opportunity as much as possible. And some people see it as necessary in order to take action in the in that manifests in the manner that you just described as you know defacing businesses and 
when they don't even know who owns the business and they don't know who operates the said business. Um, and doing that to our, to our communities, to people who are in the same tax bracket as, as they are. And that's a fascinating behavior to me. So it sounds like that's when I, on the, like in terms of socially speaking up about things where I was like, I don't know if I, if I vibe with defacing property of, of people I don't even know who aren't making much more money than me. And I don't even know if they're, that you don't even know if they're against you. And so the thing- None of, none of what is going on right yeah. now has anything to do with George Floyd, has anything to do with Black Lives Matter. It has nothing to do with anything but putting forth a political narrative and a media narrative. Um, so when you say it doesn't matter with like it doesn't affect George Floyd, it's not from Black Lives Matter. Not, you not, mean not, at all. not from a moral moral place. You're saying the political endeavor has taken over the equity. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and you know the 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 law enforcement aspect of things. Um, this has been going on for years. Has it really? It's it's sickening for this situation, right? Because you you have people saying that you know law enforcement are a they're brutalizing you know black folk, African American people, right? Um, and <clears throat> the truth is, you know, they're not, and no one has taken that job from, you know, I'm, I'm retired five years, four years now, you know, and I, I left a long time before that, you know, this, you know, I was touring and doing music for years and they, they really stuck with me, but, um, the, how long did you serve on the police force? 20 years, 20 years. You served for two decades of your lifetime Right. serving the community. Yeah. So that's that's the thing that people are not saying right now is how sacrificial of a job that actually is. You to know, go and it, risk your life on a daily basis. Like so <laughs> and most people won't know that um you know, especially even people who uh, that were familiar with your artist career, that was something that you know, after I got to know you, you told me. And so that's something I really wanted to talk about here was um, you know, your time in that in that part of your life. Yeah, um, that that you know, I I loved my job, um, and yeah. I can tell you that what is going on now and yeah. the narrative that you know police officers are brutal and they, you know, they're out for you know African Americans and it's really bullshit, you know, and um, it's it's hurtful. And my heart hurts for, you know, my friends that are still working, you know, and, and it hurts, you know, for knowing that, you know, those that have come before, you know, are all hurting for the people that are working now. And the future, if this continues to go the way that it is, the future of law enforcement is, 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 is I, I couldn't even imagine what it would look like, but it, it's, it's not going to be strong, um, you know. When I worked, I would go so far as to not stop an African-American-driven car because I knew that, and I'm, I'm going to give you a number, <clears throat> let's just say 80% of the time, and I'm being very 
very gracious with my number. Um, 80% of the time I would stop a, a vehicle being operated or occupied by African-Americans. And the first thing out of their mouth was, what did I do? You only stopped me because I'm black. Mm. So to avoid that, mm -hmm. I would go out of my way to not stop a vehicle operated or occupied by African-Americans. Mm. So, and <clears throat> I know a lot of other people that would do the same thing because they didn't want the conversation of you only stop me because I'm A, B, or C, right? Instead of realizing that there was an infraction, whether it be, you know, a motor vehicle infraction, um, you know, for a, a signal or a stop sign or speeding, it was always you stop me because I'm black. <clears throat> so instead of dealing with that, I would turn my head. And, you know, that in itself is disgraceful, right? But you always, which is I always dealt with that, you know, in, in a man, why are they saying that? So to talk about change and, and, and seeing the way that things are now, um, where did you grow up again? Yeah, so my family, uh, my dad's from New Brunswick, and then my mom's from Atlantic City. And right. so we spent several years in New Brunswick, went to Phillipsburg, had a house in Seaside Heights, which uh, was just sold recently. And uh, then we had Nashville, right outside of Nashville. Right. So your family, were they uh, baseball, football fans when they were up north? No, no, not really. No, not at all? Okay, so let me just... <laughs> no one's in my family is athletic. I wrestled, though. That was the thing up there was wrestling. I don't know if you ever right. got into that. Right. Um, but the uh, mm. I'm, I'm just going to give you an analogy for true change. Please. Right? If, if, if you want change, I, I grew up um, <clears throat> in my family, the, the, you know, they were all New York Giants football fans. Right. Mm. So you grow up and you, you know, Giants, this Giants, that Giants, this Giants. And I ended up being a Cowboy fan. Don't ask me how. But everybody else in my family was Giants fans. And it was you were bred giants right or you were bred new york yankees um <clears throat> and when you're in the home that's where you make the change right we're not going to see a change until the people stop telling their children you need to be aware of law enforcement you need to be aware and when 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 the narrative at home changes Right. And, and we start telling people, you know, law enforcement, they're good. Right. By statistics, they're good. There have been, you know, I, I, I think it was Washington. Um, the Washington Post put out like eleven hundred shootings in 2019 mm -hmm. deaths. Right. Eleven hundred. Um, <clears throat> far too many. Mm -hmm. But eleven hundred. How many law enforcement officers are there in America? I don't know the number but it far exceeds 1,100, right? There's 35,000 Manhattan police officers, right? NYPD. There are 35,000 right. Manhattan NYPD right. officers. Just there. So think about the numbers, right? That, that <clears throat> the, the point is there is not as big of a brutalization and a murder situation from law enforcement um, to hurt African-Americans as people are trying to say. And, you know, but it starts in the home and what they're teaching their children at home. And you hear all these people say, oh, I've got to tell my kids to be aware. It's nonsense. 
right? It's, do you ever hear that, you know, this man held a, a just, just yesterday here, I think in Nashville, or I, I saw the news uh, here in Nashville about a, a white woman holding a gun Mm-hmm. To, uh, did you see the news clip? Uh, you know, hold, you know, pulling her gun on an African American couple. Mm-hmm. You know, supposedly because she felt uh, threatened, and then they felt threatened. But at the end of the day, instead of saying a white woman held a gun to an African American couple, why not just a woman held a gun to another couple? Right? Until we take color out of the narrative, right? Until we remove that. Right. In, in totality, we're still going to have this problem, right? I grew up and I didn't know color. My, my, my mom, my dad, they taught me that we are all the same, right? Which is why it was so difficult for me to deal with, you know, working and, you know, trying to do my job and enforce laws and whatnot and always being accused of being racist. So that's, anytime, yeah, you're being anytime. accused of racism. Right. Anytime you dealt with somebody of the African-American race, not 100 percent of the time, but a very substantial amount of time. Anytime, you you know, when you would interact, that's the first thing out of the mouths of the people that you're interacting with. That would be African-American. And that that in itself sounds racist. Right. Like if somebody oh, that's that's just that's just a racist. I lived it. I lived it. Right. I'm not making this up. I, I lived it. And I, you know, many times, so many times you, you just want to, you know, like, oh, you only stop me because I'm black. I mentioned it before. But until we change and we remove from the media who is driving this entire scenario, mm-hmm. you remove the color from the comment. Right. It's not this. It's not, you know, it's not white and Indian. It's not Indian and, and, and Hispanic it, or black or what. It's just people. We are all people. And that's the way I was raised. And I know from the conversations that you and I have had years ago, it's the way you were raised. We're all people. We see no color. Of course. And, and majority of cops are the same way, right? But they, they make it, the media makes it seem like, oh, all cops are this, all cops are that. But you don't see video. Nobody's taking a video of, of a, a white cop beating up a white guy, right? Why not? Because it doesn't sell ratings. It doesn't, it doesn't piss anybody off. And, and, and that's the problem. You, you, know, you see these videos of people fighting, but you don't know what took place. You don't know how they ended up in this position. Context. Right. And any individual, any individual that was uh, quote unquote killed by law enforcement, Mind you, the George Floyd, this cop, <clears throat> I don't even want to say his name. Right. He, he if, if they only had a death penalty there, I'd be up there marching for it. Give this cop the death penalty. That would murder. You know, a two-year-old knows that's murder. It would, clear as day. Do but, you think that, do you think it's wrong that the public is deciding that... It's almost as if the case, the trial is done. Obviously, an unbelievably, unbelievably terrible thing. Unbelievably no, terrible. Thing. I, I don't think it's wrong. Anybody can see that. Right. right? But let me back step. Please. Um, and again, I'm 100% it was wrong of that cop to do oh what God. he did 
and it was wrong even further it was, it, was, it was more wrong for the cops that stood by and let him do it right no matter what the circumstances absolutely wrong 100 percent that officer should go to prison for the rest of his life and if there yeah. was a death penalty it should be slow and painful yeah. right but it won't be but we need to back step a few feet okay any one of these individuals that we want to talk about mm -hmm. that have been um killed wrongfully in law enforcement hands they have all i don't have names I, I i didn't you know i thought about you know preparing names but then it looks like i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm targeting something yeah no it's, let's be real what i'm targeting here each and every one of these human beings mm -hmm. would not mm -hmm. i repeat would not be deceased today mm -hmm. if they were not in commission of an offense or a crime prior to coming into contact with law enforcement mm -hmm. so george floyd prior to the police officers responding there was mm. seen handing a fake bill or something to that effect that they say maybe he was on narcotics whatever he was committing a crime which the law enforcement responded to mm. right again it just it should have been okay throw the handcuffs on put him in the car and let's go no matter whether he fought or not and he did right mm. we're, we're not seeing that part of the film of course not. they did fight you know with each other doesn't give anybody the right to kill anyone right but each and every one of these people the, the fella the, the large fella in new york um you know that the law enforcement the, the chokehold there right mm -hmm. if he wasn't you know doing whatever i think he like, there's some stupid offense of like selling cigarettes was it yes and they the law enforcement dealt with him how many times a week right? yes. come on man come on stop you know yes. whatever each and every time finally you know they end up you know fighting and that circumstance that damn circumstance you know happened um again if there was no offense if you weren't doing something that was not legal if you if you weren't doing an illegal act the law enforcement would not be there right so it starts in the home let's stop being uh of mind to to do something inappropriate where the law enforcement officer has to be called to the scene and we wouldn't have this problem right right i'm not giving law enforcement a pass on this right it sounds like i am but training in law enforcement needs to be better that Absolutely. was what I wanted to ask you. I've heard that most police training hasn't been updated in, within the past 50 years. And so I wanted to know, like, in relevance to your experience in, in your time there, how true is that statistic? And then what was your experience and how you could perhaps modify it and make it better for the future? Well, in most police departments, they'll complain about not having budgets, right? Um, mm. And shooting specifically mm -hmm. is a mandatory twice a year qualification mm -hmm. right and the qualifications are they're they're okay 
right? There's nothing. How so? Like, what's a good qual? What's a qualification for? for, for it, that? it would take it would take me too long to explain a qualification, but you're basically shooting a couple hundred rounds, and you have to have a certain percentile, right? Okay. But there's no real stress involved in your right. qualification, <clears throat> um, and wow. you know that's a major issue. But the point is, it's twice a year. It should be, you know, once a month, right? You know, like it should be more, and there should be stress involved in your qualification. Maybe not qualifying per se with with under stress, but you should be trained under stress, right? And there's there's very little of that going on. And the problem is, you have to weigh the fact that under stress you might get injured. If there's injury, then you have to pay for um, workman's compensation, right? So all these things that they'll say, let's, you know, well, we can't do that because of this. Um, so training seems to have lacked in that area. And they don't, you know, most people say, well, you know, it's only mandatory that you do this twice a year. Well, let's mm -hmm. do it more. And okay. There's always right. a financial problem um, that says we can't do that, right? And you have everybody you can't there's no standard right um if you want law enforcement to be special mm -hmm. you have to train them special mm -hmm. right so right. people react under stress differently and until you're under stress you don't know how you're going to react so it's, wow it's it's a different type of training that is is necessary for law enforcement that is not happening right because 95 percent of the time law enforcement are you know they're handling uh traffic violations they're they're not handling shootings they're not handling you know warrants you know and the people that handle the warrants they're specially trained to do so oh wow but each officer should be trained with special um parameters right special detail indeed and, and and it's just i think that's kind of where there is a disconnect but then you have um states like new jersey saying that anybody and everybody can be a police officer and you know and that's a problem too that's not right? true that right. simply that's that's the thing where everyone says you know uh you can do whatever you want in life where it's like I guess, but no, like you're naturally not good at some things and you're right. naturally great at some things in life. Right. Like you are a naturally phenomenal guitar player, right? Thank you and, very much. Very kind. And, and, and you are. <laughs> and, I but guess. you work. But how hard do you work at? Every day. Right. I have a guitar in my lap every single day. Yeah. Right. And, and you know how you're going to react under stress when a string breaks. You know how you're going to react live if your mic doesn't work. Right. Totally, you man. know. But if you don't go through these things, how are you ever going to know how you're going to react? We all react differently under a threat. Unbelievable. Right? You know, Unbelievably so. You know, there are ways, but it costs money, right? So instead of defunding the police, right. we need to fund their training. We need right. to make sure that the people that are being hired are really, truly vetted. You know? How would that process uh, be, be improved? I, I've never been involved in a background check uh, okay. for, for law enforcement, um, it, but it, it's it's going to go, you know, make sure they have no, you know, assault or criminal record, no drug past, you know, th those sort of things, which are great. But, you know, the training 
aspect of things is where you really find out about someone. Where you're pushing them to really understand themselves, right? And understand how they're going to react. Because a lot of people might find themselves in a scenario where you, you, you give them like a simunitions weapon where you're, you're, you're uh, it's close it's similar to like paintball but it's not right you're, you're shooting bullets of, of of color um and they're traveling four or five hundred feet per second so you get hit you know it hmm. um you know simunition training is priceless and they should be doing a lot of that in um the police academies and and weeding out the people who are going to react a certain way right we're not really finding out about you know people's reaction under stress until they're under the stress and then we end up with situations where there's you know questionable shootings questionable actions um and it's it's not the fault of the person who's um trained them right because they're being told that this is the the guideline of what you need to train how you mm. um but it's 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 difficult right we're not we're not talking but this it's, it's something that's gone on for years and it's something that does need change but it's not going to change by you know tearing down um statues it's not going to change by <laughs> right. graffiti it's not going to change by yelling at law enforcement officers that you've never seen before in your life Man. and probably never will see again it's not their fault that this right. has taken place and the the narrative that the media would like you to believe is false. It's a false narrative. And, and I will challenge anybody to bring me true statistics that prove me wrong. They won't. In regards to what parameter? In, in regards to police brutality, to uh, wrongful shootings, um, it's, it's just not as grandiose as people are made to believe right now. As a whole, it seems like the media in some way takes the outliers who wouldn't have been in your percentile in terms of handling stress, in terms of handling a situation with the least amount of ego, but with the most amount of rationale and the most amount of action and not emotional reaction to a situation, right? You clearly understand how to communicate with in, in a way that's concise and that has... Um, that's grounded in a dominant understanding of where power lies, right? And I'm sure you know how to handle yourself in this scenario because you've been trained to do so. And it seems like you have the utmost amount of empathy for all cultures within the country. It seems like your intention is absolutely beautiful. And I have a feeling that you're not alone in regards to people of your stature and your kind on the police force. But it seems that the media takes those outliers who wouldn't have performed as well and they exploit their actions. And then the media and the people who consume it paint with a wide brush and call you guys all the same. Cause that's easy to do. Is that yeah. kind of what you're saying? Yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. Right. right? It's, it's, you have to, to sell media you have to say like i said before you know right. white female holds gun to african-american couple holy shit right? terrible sells. It's, Jesus. It's, all they're trying to do is sell it and they're all all the media outlets are involved in politics now and it's all it's just a disgrace it's just, it's just disgraceful so in your time in serving had you been involved in situations that had been wrongfully escalated 
things have just things had just happened when life just kind of took that turn and it was outside of your power um it would it would be wrong of me to say no right. uh, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head um but the one thing that i can tell you is i was trained by great people you know the east rutherford police department had great um bergen county new jersey as a whole and the state really of new jersey as a whole the, the training there i believe is better than in some other areas not to put anybody else down but it's sure. it, it, you know and i took my job very seriously um and i wouldn't allow a circumstance to get beyond my control um, how so and by by authoritatively speaking authoritatively acting with respect right there there's a way you know to be authoritative but be respectful as well right. you know but you know i ask you this you know you've seen situations where people have um like a shooting would occur right and and the law enforcement officers just put the gun down put it gun, put it down how many times have we seen that oh often frequently well i ask i ask anybody who says that that was a wrongful shooting they should have shot him in the leg i ask anybody how many times do i have to tell you to put that gun down before i shoot you mm. one time mm. Right. How many times do I have to ask you to put the knife down before you're shot? One had time. that happened to you? Had you had you been in no, situation? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I have pulled my weapon. I have drawn my weapon because I felt threatened. Um, but very few times. Uh, I'm very fortunate. Um, and, you know, but law enforcement, they earn their respect right the officer who comes out there and then just suddenly thinks that oh well i'm a police officer's badge gives me respect you know is an idiot um it, it, that is idiotic that's that's idiotic it's, it's like the stanford uh those the stanford uh experiments where they where they gave people power over others that didn't know right. how to quite handle power and they kind of turned evil they turned maoist Right. They turned not the way that our country was founded, which is you mm -hmm. know, innately having empathy for our, for our, for our brothers and sisters, people of, of all color, and it's like that's absolutely. So you 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 can ve uh, verify that you've seen that you've seen people that have that power, yeah. power struggle, but you don't have that. So is it a mental? Is it a, is it a chromosome? Is it a lack of training? Is it both? It's it's a it's a lack of training, but it's ego. Right. It's ego. Ego is always the thing. It's ego. But remember, yeah, law enforcement in general, they have 10 seconds wow. to, get your, to get your respect. 10 seconds. So your mindset, if if you're sitting in a car and, and you're being stopped for speeding, right, okay. or for whatever. Yeah, for right? whatever. It's the way that law enforcement officer approaches your vehicle, approaches you, and approaches the conversation, right? And the respect is either earned or it's not. You know, good afternoon, good morning, I'm officer so-and-so, and, you know, this, you know, I work for this police department, and, you know, I need to see your credentials, whatever, whatever the, you know, but it's, it's, it's the way you say that. It's, it's, it's how you present yourself, right? If, if I didn't say, 
you know, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, sir, ma'am. You know, if I just say, you know, license, registration, insurance, mm. who's this guy? Who's right. this gal? Right. right? So it, respect is earned. It's not something that you're just given, right? You have to earn it. And under any circumstance, you, you go into a domestic scenario, you know, where there's a couple fighting, mm-hmm. you know, you have to earn that, sir, ma'am, not just, you know, anger not just stress not just tension you you you're you're paid in law enforcement to de-escalate so if you escalate a situation you're Mm. not doing your job right you have to de-escalate first which is why law enforcement officers say hey put the gun down right hey stop fighting right you're trying to de-escalate the situation de-escalating as opposed to dominating a scenario and bringing it to its highest boiling point possible, which seems to be the the um, course of action that's portrayed. Well, that, that, particularly speaking, the ego and the domination is what took place in the George Floyd case. Were you aware that they had words prior to that interaction? I've heard speculation that there was connection between the two, but it shouldn't matter. At the, at, the end, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they knew each other. If if exactly. because you know the, the no, law enforcement all. officer in that case um, should have been he was just wrong, just just disgustingly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know because I know you, if if I was dealing with you in that circumstance, just because I knew you in the past, I still have to be alert i don't yeah. know how you're going to react right if you're under the influence of something if you're i don't know so i have to be vigilant in my awareness um but i still have to give you respect and right. more respect because right i knew you or right. you know and, and that's not even fair to say you, just everybody gets this just 10 percent more respect than you give me Right. And that's the best way to look at it. If you if you give me a, a hard time, I'm not going to give you I'm going to give you 10 percent better of a time. Right. So it's 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 really. You have to give a better treatment to all people. Wow. As, as a law enforcement officer, you have to do that. And a lot of times when you're under stress, this particular case with George Floyd, they did not. He did not give him any space, you know, to breathe, literally. Um, and, yeah. you know, we, we don't, we, again, we don't, we've never seen the entirety of, of their scuffles or, you know, however he ended up from the car out back onto the ground. We don't know. But, you know, what you're saying about treatment, you know, and, and what we're getting at here, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but no, no, it's great. It's great. It really. Is. What we're, what we're getting at is, you know, you have to give people that much more, uh, respect, right? If you want respect, you have to give the respect, right? If this, if someone's fighting with you, your job is to stop the fighting, to deescalate, not fight back, not continue to fight, right? You fight as far as you have to fight to subdue. And then you, you, it's over, right? It's de-escalated. Once they were on his back and, and, and you know improperly on his neck, it was over. Improperly, and, right? Very right. much so. And, Not, yeah. Right. It was over. We didn't have to sit there for eight minutes or however long it was. Eight minutes. Yeah. Um, Almost. And, and and kill a man. Unbelievable. 
So are you suggesting that all of those officers did not know how to properly handle the power? Absolutely. They, absolutely. Right, right, right. They were all wrong. Had you experienced that wrongness within your own precinct ever? I'm assuming I? so. Yeah. I? No. Not to that degree, but not even. So it truly comes down to the training. It it truly, yeah, it truly comes down to the training, doesn't it? It, it truly it, comes it, down. It, it, it comes yeah. down to the training. Um, wow. But I, I can tell you this: had something similar to that occurred uh, around anybody that I worked with or that works there now, um, it would have been stopped. Some, Damn. you know, the, the the person standing there, pacing back and forth, trying to keep the crowd back, would have been like, "What are you doing?" You know, uh, the two guys that were on his legs in his lower part of his body would have been like, hey, what are we doing? Like, this is not right. There's something wrong. <clears throat> There's something wrong with the people that were involved. Every law enforcement officer that was involved in that scenario. There's something mentally wrong. Yes. If you think there was nothing wrong with what you were doing. Right? Oh my God. Sit, sitting by watching this person kill someone. Right, and and I'm I've I've read articles that say that you know there was a couple of the, the two or two other guys that were there were, mm -hmm. were new to the job. <clears throat> Under those circumstances, I wouldn't want to be uh, part of that job. So I probably would have walked off the job if I said to you, "Hey, don't you think we should let this guy breathe?" Right, and you're not doing that. That that wouldn't be a job that I want. That's immensely very real. Right. So it sounds like they were never prepared to handle a situation of that. And this is a new problem for officers, right? Or a new, might not be a problem, but it's a new parameter that they, ha they have to operate within, which is the fact that every action that they now have is filmed. Uh, video has been around law enforcement for many years now. Um, I would say 10, 15 years. Um, and it, it helps vindicate you know people when they um are truly honorable in their job and it helps really um <clears throat> right find the criminal you know if there is a criminal element in law enforcement and and that's another thing that you know there the people that are out there you know marching and 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 protesting uh peacefully Peacefully, right? So, some. That's great. Have yeah. it. I love it, that too. It's 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 part of our constitution, right? It, you, you, but when you're is. yelling, when you're yelling in a law enforcement officer's face, and you're belittling and 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 belligerent, and you're you, um, you're not helping anyone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and that in itself, um that's not the person that was on the camera right that's not the person that you know you caught on video doing something wrong um so you're you're actually doing a disservice to your cause by doing that well you see people kind of have this de-individualized um mode of action presently and i think it's d deeply seated in in anger obviously right and in, in wanting a just existence to happen um and rightfully so but again it's, it's, the same answer that you have for your parties which is empathy and 
uh, and um, action, not reaction, not emotional reaction, but action based in a consciousness. Um, right. It sounds like you're also deploying that same uh, mode of operation to the people who are yelling at the police officers. Right. right. I mean, so, their right? their yeah. actions their actions are wrong. Right. They're, they're wrong. And those, if you want change, you're not going to get it by causing another problem. As the same, I, yeah, you, right. You're not going to cause a de-escalation by escalating a scenario. As the same way it applies to you, the same tools. What's really ironic there, it seems like the way that these, which is unfortunate how it seems to be two sides now, which is so not the thing. It doesn't need to be that way. It's, but it's, it's, no law enforcement officer ever looked at it as our side and their side. That's I, 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 I reject that statement. It's every law enforcement officer that has taken the job um, that I know has always taken the job for the right reason, has always wanted to help the people, right? And that's one that's one side. There's no there's no us and them, right? Until you're facing down that person yelling in front of you that you are so wrong and you've done nothing wrong, right? And they're pro they're protesting and they're throwing bottles and glass and rock and all those. They've My done God. nothing wrong. My God, man. <clears throat> so you see something that that I was really fascinated to hear of, which was um, the officer who had. Um, been involved in murdering George Floyd, um, the one mainly responsible for it. He had, well, I think it was 13 violations. And so something I was really fascinated to hear about, which is uh, why doesn't an officer who, who has that many violations just get disbanded from the job inherently? Like, I'm, I'm assuming you had a very, very, very pristine and clean record that was filled with nothing but admirable action. You know what? I, 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 uh, I had a couple things on, on my record, um, but that's the point. You don't know what those violations were, right? I, I was violated for leaving early, right? I left. Oh, my, wow. I left early, um, coming to Nashville, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> No, I, you know, and I was, you know, rightfully suspended for that, you know, um, and, <clears throat> uh, you know, there was a couple of things. I probably had four or five, you know, in my career, uh, but one of them was, you know, calling a guy an asshole, you know, um, but so all these things are complaints in your file. So un unless somebody opens up the file, you don't know what these things are. You know, I, I got an insubordination you know, filing, you know, fighting with my sergeant over a scenario, you know, so you don't know um, what's in there. And it, um, it, it was it, the, the, again, the media pushes, oh, there were 15 violations or, you know, he had already these many violations, but they don't say, we don't know what those violations were. So now you have the same people that think that he went out of, well, this person went out of his way to murder um, George Floyd put reasons we, we, we may never know uh, because it's in his head. Um, but everybody out there is thinking that, oh, his violations were of the same nature, right? Right. right. We don't know what they were. Um, and that may be why he still had his, his job. Um, but if it were something where he had, you know, several police brutality complaints or something like that, 
then yeah, you have to question why he still has that position. Does that happen? Does it happen when, well, I'm sure it does, because life is full of, of, um, of, of uh, potholes in the road that need to be fixed. To say, to say I'm sure it does, I don't know, is right. a fair statement, right? Because unless we investigate something, we don't truly know, right? So unless we're going to dig into law enforcement files and find out how many people have brutality, you know, I've not seen that. That's right? the thing. I, and that's I, the whole point of this is I, I want to know I, your experience. I, I've not seen that. I've seen people um, get accused of um <clears throat> that sort of thing um and knowing being in the sort of seeing what's happening knowing okay you know um no they did what they were supposed to do to put that person in cuffs and it stopped there you know and that's another thing that is an issue you know like i said to you when we first started talking you know when you stop these people um that think you're only doing it because of their color, you know, race, or, you know, there's also those people that automatically say, you know, this is police brutality, you know, my cuffs are too tight. This is the, you know, you push me mm. in the car. You know, it doesn't, there's always people out there that say, oh, this is brutality, this is it. And they're false reporting these things as well, you know, mm. so. It, it's yeah. You know, unless you truly investigate something and you can see a full story, not thirty seconds of a video, um, and not see the you know twenty minutes before of sir put the gun down, sir put the gun down, back away from the knife, you know, and all you're seeing is you know a cop shoot someone, right? We're not seeing the full videos of things. We're not seeing. We're not there. Right. We don't see these things. So to judge people uh, by 30 seconds of an interaction that was more than 30 minutes or 20 minutes is kind of asinine, don't you think? Asinine. It's the court of public opinion that right. is taking stronger power than our traditional justice system, in which what we did see was a miscarriage of justice, like no, in, a, in a strong way. Hands down. Absolutely. You know what I mean, but man. Absolutely. If but, I lived in if I lived in that area and they would allow that person to have visitors, I would visit him every day, and tell him, "Shame on you, you piece of shit, for making this world what it is today." Because you know, the, the, every, I don't know a cop who wouldn't want to choke him out. You know. Wow! It, come on. Yeah. You're you're talking about oh, of course, just so people don't lose their mind here. You're talking about the police. Talking about the the cop. Yeah. yeah absolutely. You know, like, and I would, I would go there every day, you know, and just tell them, you know, you deserve the death penalty for what you did. You know, what you did was disgraceful, disgusting. You know, I, I wouldn't, how could his parents want to go see him, right? Like, well, his wife divorced him. And every, thinking, what yeah. did I do wrong? You know? Man. So, and, and that's where it starts. It starts there on all levels. It starts with how you are taught, what you are taught, how you are raised. Right. If, if, you know, don't fuck up and you won't end up in the position you're in. And that goes for both sides. Right. Don't fuck up and you won't be here. Well, that's the, that's the argument that a lot of people are. It, it's also the reality that a lot of people are, are, are facing right now, which is the fact that we do not have equal opportunity 
set aside from you know one race to the next one geographic location to the next what, what, when you say equal opportunity what do you mean yeah so people are talking about it in the sense of like i just want to make sure i phrase this a hundred percent in a way that's uh seated in my intention is possible so what i mean is slavery ended not long ago <laughs> And we haven't had the means, the assets, or the planning to really handle that. And so from the research that I've done, for the people I've spoken to, it seems as if that this has manifested in ways that people are saying that white people culturally act in a way that's more sound than black people. More what? More people, and this is not my this is not my claim, right? But you you hear this, you hear of the fact that, okay, so say, say you incarcerate most men in a culture, you're going you're only going to have so many men left, right? And when a man's in high demand, he it's likely that he's not going to settle down. It's likely that he's going to just go and 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 and, and do what a, a high in demand man does. Right, which is not settled down, and so when you start when you start looking at the actual action that's been taken across Black culture, you see that you know more prisoners that are incarcerated are Black than not, right? And you start seeing the fact that really this isn't a Black. This isn't Black people aren't acting the way that they are because they're Black. It's because of the way that our society has kind of been set up and the way that we're presently handling it. And it's only been 150 years. So you, I, oh, so you I, might disagree. I, do you I, think? I, do you I, think I, it's I, perhaps a cultural? So you're, are you suggesting it's like a actual difference in the psyche from culture to culture, or do you think it's like systematically set up that way? Because like, because like in different cultures, like I've traveled several parts of the world, and it's like just the the simple relationship of just having interactions with black people in Europe. Um, in Mexico, is, is it feels way different than when we were here in America. Like, it, it, it truly is a different experience. And so I'm suggesting that I'm seeing a lot of these differences now that I'm opening my eyes. And I'm seeing that maybe these differences aren't culture, but maybe they're, they're psychologically seated in uh, a negative feedback cycle that's been taking place since, you know, obviously, slavery has started and ended, which has not been very long really like no time at all in this grand scheme of things of long how long humanity has been around like literally no time at all um so that was kind of my tangent there yeah i i, I... and this is great for us to to uh to talk about like opinions on this and it's cool to differ like that's the whole point yeah. of the conversation um i can't get behind that it's a cultural thing right um, same here it's not it's but it's also not <clears throat> It's it's not a it's not my responsibility or your responsibility as um, a white American to make sure that an African American is not incarcerated, right? And it, it, it kind of seemed like what you were saying, you know, like it's not it's not a system. The systemic situation is at home, like I said before, you know, exactly. um, as as you know. As much as it's only been, you know, 150 years or whatever the timeline, you know, in my life, um, I've only known um, of 
non-slavery. Uh, I won't. I I don't know anybody who's you know had a slave. Or, no, yeah. You know, I, I don't. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm I'm in my 40s now, and um, you know, I I don't know racism beyond what I see on television or what I've experienced from others to me. I've I've never been a racist. Um, I've never, you know, as a cop, we all have to prejudge. We all, as humans, we prejudge situations. We do. You know, but we are not inherently racist. Um, And those people that are out there saying that we are because we're white and saying that we're privileged, you know, I I asked them, you know, our last president, if that were the case, how did he get there? Right. Um, It's it's not true. It's false. It's bullshit. Um, And, you know, again, it's disgusting. It's it's just as disgusting as, you know, it would, by by making white Americans feel like they're wrong for being white and they should, you know, be. It's uh, confusing. It's, it's very confusing. It's not confusing to me. I, I'm so not confused at all. It confuses. Cool. To, and I think it might be the fact that I'm in my I'm, I'm in my mid twenties, and it's the fact where I have, due to my profession, I'm I'm indeed friends with people who are much older than me. You know, people who are in their, you know, mid-60s and 70s who are executives and they own their own companies or people who are, you know, uh, session musicians, people who, who have been touring forever, artists. Whatever. And then I also have a lot of people who are strictly artists, people who lean very left and people who are, are my age, right? And so I'm, I'm getting both sides of the rationale, right? And so really the thing that's fascinating is it's why do there's a there's um people are dealing with this guilt in a way that's manifesting in anger and it's manifesting where people are just sharing things on their instagram that aesthetically look cool and have a message that i don't know if they 100 percent know what they're actually saying and i think they're just trying to social signal and say hey i'm on this side of the fence i'm on the right side of history but it's like that's a weird thing it's a weird thing to have to deal with what what white Americans right now, do they think that going for a walk and holding a sign that says Black Lives Matter, is that going to change the way African Americans look at them? The way that African Americans look at white people? All that that does is give somebody a photo op and say, hey, look, I took a walk, I held a sign, I can't be racist. Man, I'm scared. I really am scared that that is, is some people's motives. It's, I'm not saying all people. Yeah. No, it's right. Listen, I, you and I both do Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. Oh, I can't even say all lives matter because that makes people upset. I know. Yes. I know. Yeah, right. And, and But the truth is all lives do matter. And there is no difference from a black life, a white life, a yellow life. There's no difference in my mind. We are all the same, right? We are not... <clears throat> created equal because if we were I'd be able to play guitar like you you know and well that's I, the thing like systemically like yeah. like literally I remember playing baseball and I was terrible man right. and I'll never forget this I was so fucking bad and right. I'll, there was a guy uh, I, Tommy something Tommy really Italian last name we're the only two Italian kids on the team and he kicked my dick in the dirt dude he was so good and the coach gave me the trophy that day he gave me the game ball and I took the game ball home, and I remember feeling, at in the car ride, 
guilty. And I was like, why? What's the point of this? Why? Why are we? Why, why are why we not get the trophy? Right? I shouldn't have. And so it's a it's a weird disconnect where people have this odd sense of entitlement because they think that everyone's equal. Everyone should win. And, what and everyone this has... is right now, yeah. right now, what we're dealing with right now, all these people that are out there throwing shit at cops, being assholes, <laughs> right? you know, vandalism, you know, those are all the kids, excluding yourself, that received the trophy, right? You think, you think it's part of that? Absolutely. Is, right. it, is it stemming from entitlement in some way? Yeah, I, I, I do think so. Yeah. You know? um, and, and, and part of it, like we just said, you know, is, is some guilt that people are made to feel, feel a certain way. And, oh, poor, you know, I, I shouldn't be this way and I should do No, you should work hard, earn where you want to be and be there. Right. <clears throat> and, you know, I, uh, again, you've never looked sideways at another race or color. No. I've never looked sideways, and, and and the majority of the people that I know, you know, we all got have friends that you you think are a little questionable. Like, of course, but, I'm from Tennessee, man. I mean, I'm from I'm from outside of Tennessee. Like this, there is so, a lot of racism. You know, our school was very naturally segregated now when i say naturally some people some sociologists might be like well naturally because of these psychological reasons and then people who skew on the other side of the of the line are going to say because of these political reasons but i don't think we were all quite old enough to understand uh the uh, where we stood politically when i was in ninth grade i could barely right. finish a fucking sentence when i was in ninth grade. right well and it was like because if we had a naturally oddly segregated school and it just kind of manifested that way um, so yeah, it just it just seems you know people find their friends right, and a lot of times, you know, my friends are, you know, yeah. Italian or you know or or Polish or you know like it's it's it just because you gravitate into a particular area or you work at a certain field or do a certain job, you know, it's not about um, it, it, you can't be called a racist if you don't. <clears throat> it's you know it, it's it actually baffles my mind mm -hmm. you know, that oh you don't have any African American friends or mm -hmm. you don't you know and then there's the person who goes, I have African American friends it, you know like well, what the fuck for are you trying to tell people that for you, you, you know what I mean Why does it matter Like why does it I've it's, had messages. It just doesn't matter, and it's it's the point I was trying to make back about the media. You okay. know, it doesn't matter a, a, a black person uh, held a gun to a white person or a white person. We're people, you know, and we're that's what we need. We need to get away from the black and the white comment and the the, the characterizing the scenario in the media because of the color. Um, or the religion or the race. When we get away from that, um, then we'll start to see some change. But until the media doesn't stop, right? Until they stop, and you know, it's not going to happen. And until you know, more parents are like yours and mine that teach us, hey, you know, there is no color. We're all the same. We're all people. And until that happens, we're going to end up right back here. Nothing. None of the shit that's going on right now. Is going to change a fucking thing. Wow. Nothing is going to change. 
it, it's just it's slowly just just like the occupy wall street people dissipated after a while it's all gonna go away and it's all just gonna start to fester again until this happens and, and boom it goes again you know unless there is that change in 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 the in the homes as how we're raising children you know that's it, it, it there's no nothing else to say about it man i haven't heard anyone anyone and i've i've done a lot of research on this topic man because it was a heavy opportunity to be able to sit down and talk with you about this and um i've never heard anyone read heard seen anyone say that that like this is this starts the process of empathy and the process of consciousness starts in regards to how uh, the home life is right how from your experience, and this is just from one man to the other, no one knows the answer here. Where do you think, do you see that solution perhaps manifesting out of the actions that are presently being taken today by the people of the country? Whether that's the politicians, whether that's the citizens no, who are upset, no, that's no, the nobody's, thing. Nobody's talking about that. Right, Nobody, that's the, the only people, we're talking about that, right? We're, right. we're talking about it here. 100%. But we need the people that actually have a voice, right? right? The media, you know, the politicians, right. um, who inherently lie at us, lie to us anyway, right? Th those people that have a voice that can reach a, a grander uh, amount of people, yeah. those are the people that need to say this. Like you and I can talk about it, and it'll go as far as my next door neighbor and my my cousins up in New Jersey. Um, you know, it'll go that far, and like, yeah, you know, you're right. But until it starts becoming um, <clears throat> commonplace for mm -hmm. conversation, that mm -hmm. hey, look, you know, th this is not an African American problem. This is not a white. Caucasian American problem. Huh. This is all of our problems, and this is we need to raise our children this way. And if you see that your child is racist, or you see, you know, we all fool around, right? I've been called a cracker, you know. Of course, and, yeah, it's cool. You know, it's everybody screws around, and but there's a line, right? And if your friends cross that line, they ain't my friend, right? So it, it's just right. But it has to be home. It, it has to start at your home. It, it doesn't, it's not at school because, you know, in my opinion, school teachers need a shitload more training too. Right? My God, man, come on. Um, you know, when, I, yeah. when I was a kid, you know, my parents, you know, cops and teachers were an extension of my dad's arm you know, or my mom's arm. And if they said something and you, and you didn't do it, oh boy, you were, and, but teachers are not what they were years ago, you know? Um, and, and it's, it's, so you can't count on them to raise your kids, right? So many people, you know, mom and dad are both working because they're trying to make ends meet. But at the end of the day, you decided to have children and now your life belongs to your kids and you better make sure that they grow up not to be little assholes. Of course, right? Right. You need to make sure that they're not racist. You need to make sure that they respect their schools, they respect their teachers, they respect all races, and they respect law enforcement. And therefore, when they become law enforcement, they respect other people. 
Oh my God, man, that's a heavy cycle. That's a heavy cycle. And you've only, you've been familiar with you know people who are on both sides of the spectrum, but it sounds like largely, uh, you've had admirable peers, people who fortunately did the job and they handled the power that they were given in a way that was admirable and helped society become better, or at least you know maintain some fires that could have made things worse. Um, the thing that's really frightening, the thing that's really frightening here is for is the fact that social media is allowing the court of public opinion to be more powerful than than actual legal action. And social it, media, <clears throat> social media is is what's breaking this country, right? It's exposing a lot of odd it, behaviors in people. It's exposing a lot of weird. I don't even have it anymore. <laughs> you're not nothing no instagram you surely got a youtube account you got something I, my youtube is still up but i haven't touched it in two years come on I, yeah um <clears throat> you know uh you know i'm not really performing much anymore i'm just writing so i don't need it right you know um i don't even think my website is up wow come on i don't i don't because you know i'm talking with you and i'm sure this is going to go out there and people are going to say what they're going to say but i personally don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me or uh or you as my friend you know like if, if we want to have a conversation i can pick up hey daniel what's up man you know we can have that conversation um and we can have this conversation over a cup of coffee or whatever but social media gives too many idiots room to say things that they wouldn't normally have room to say right and and it, and it causes the uprising and the social media aspect of hey let's post not not this current situation with george floyd but well let's post this you know 20 second video of of this guy doing this or that girl doing that you know and you're only seeing this much of the video and it creates this huge uproar of people right, right. and let's lie about this and you know like let's all make ourselves look cooler than we really are do we really need that or can we go back to hey daniel why don't you come by man uh, i'm going to throw some burgers on on the grill and and uh let, let's throw a baseball around like you know when we're kids even though you sucked at it <laughs> even though it was terrible <laughs> but let's just do it and, and you know like those you you would think that this pandemic at least in my world it, it brought me closer to my friends to my people you know that you know i i communicate with it brought me you know even deeper spiritually than i than i am and you know that about me same here uh, but you know it's to this instagram TikTok, facebook you know businesses need them you know they to, do to see you know but do i really need to put out there what my political view is nobody gives a shit what my my they'll wipe their ass with with my political view you what? know it's that entitlement. It's it's also the entitlement versus the lack of ego that you that you have been forced through your training. Not forced, but you've learned the fact that if you can implement space between you and your ego and your actions in life, odds are you're going to have more of a clear and rational existence. Right. But the thing that's happening now is that people <clears throat> see something that's 15 seconds that's cut and edited to incite an emotional reaction, and they're reciprocating the action with emotional output. And the fact that there's no context on social media, and I guarantee you, nobody would be saying the things that they say on Twitter that in, in regards to if they're actually sitting down at a table with you and I. 
They no, wouldn't be saying not. those things. Definitely not. It's that anonymity that creates this odd sense of entitlement. But the thing that I was facing, and I think a lot of people are facing, is I'm just genuinely, I'm genuinely confused. Because it's like, I am all for making this country better, and I totally understand that. It is, it was, it, obviously, it is easier to be a white dude in this country, and it's easier to find opportunities and create success. But it's do, do possible for everyone. That? Do you really believe that? I do to some degree. I do to some degree. I do, but I... I but I also, I'm only 25, so I haven't had enough time to actually prove it. But I, I do in some degree. I, I've, I, I, you know. Let me ask you this. Let me please, ask you this. Please, absolutely. Why, why do you believe that? Check this out. Here's the real thing. And this, this is what happens, is that people tell you these things. And that you just take them as axis of truth that you have to believe. That's my point. You just proved right. my point. Well, I'm, I'm ready to dispose of all, you know, I absolutely am ready to admit that, like, I'm just, gen I'm confused here. Like, because you're listening to the news, you're watching these people do what they do. And now all of a sudden you feel like, well, it's, it's just must be better to be a white person here. No, right? I'm not saying just, no, I don't want to paint a too big of a brush. I'm not going to say it's just better to be white because I don't think it is. No, no, like, I'm saying it's easier but you, you said yourself, you just said it, you know, it's, it's easier to be a white person, you know, in, a, in here and, and, you know, for opportunities or, you, you know, what you just said, right? So I'm it's asking, but, it's but fascinating. the only reason you believe that is because right. you've been told that. You've not seen anybody um, pick you over an African-American guitar player. You've no, been, no, no, never. You've only embraced and seen embracement of all artistry right blacks uh whites chinese japanese you've only seen because that's the world of music is 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 the melting pot of love right right but you still believe what you believe because you've been told this right and just because you're told this doesn't make it right 100 percent true 100 percent true and that's the fucking problem it's and part of the problem the teachers Teachers are telling people that this is the way it was. This is just fucking bullshit. Pick up a book, you know, read the book, but everything is swayed one way or another. You have to read, you know, you want to learn about our history? You know, you want to learn about, you know, the revolution? You need to read our books and you need to read the English books, right? And then you need to make up your own decision, right? There are three sides to every story, his, his, and the truth, right? So just because uh, wow. CNN says one thing and, and you know, uh, this Fox News says something else or oh, man. MSNBC or uh, all these things, you know, who's, tr who's telling you the truth? You have to figure it out for yourself, but you can't just grasp on to one thing because it sounds cool. And you can see all these other people you know, grasping, oh, that's got to be true. That's, you know, like that, that this thing with Starbucks um, that took place like two years, three years ago. Oh. There were signs all over every Starbucks, no soliciting, no, did you all, no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, no hanging out, whatever the word. I, yeah. I have a sign. I was in Pennsylvania at the time, you know, and, you know, oh, no, you were allowed to congregate in Starbucks and it's bullshit. It was absolute bullshit. Every one of these places had <laughs> signs that said, you know, no hanging out. Like, but now it's like the place, right? And yeah. It's, it's, but you believed 
that, oh no, Starbucks is this place because, uh, you know, they always said, no, it's, it's absolute bullshit. I can show you photos of Starbucks places that I had been at that I thought like, wow, you know, people said, oh, it's a meeting place. So I took pictures because it said, no, we're not supposed to hang out here without buying something or, you know. Yeah. I know, man. It's bullshit. Well, do- but we believe it because that's what you're told through a, 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 a media outlet, right? You I mean, media is everything now, though. Like, there's media everywhere. It's way media different now. It's absolutely fucking nothing to me. It right. means nothing. I, I watch it to learn, uh, you know, some politics, but I have to watch. Right every outlet there i end up having to watch more news because it's all politically relative to yep. their narrative yep. so i can get my own uh take on it without going too far this way without going too far that way and that's what i'm telling you you need to do you need to go out there and t- i know you've got friends that are african-american i know you got friends that are indian i know you do oh right? and you're just right you just have to talk to them and just be like, well, why do you feel the way you do? Right? Mm-hmm. This is the same question I just asked you. Well, why do you feel that way? Right? Mm-hmm. You feel that way because people have told you to feel that way. Oh, indeed. You know? And as spiritual as you are, man, that, that actually, it, it, it threw me for a second when I heard you say that because you're a guy I know that makes up your own mind, makes up your own decisions, and does things from the heart always. You know? So when somebody else is telling you, hey, this is what's going on, you got to figure that shit out for yourself. Yeah, there's this book, uh, Awareness, by Anthony DeMeo. I don't know if you're familiar with that book. but it's I know the name. Really fantastic. And it's just the idea of there's, there's things, the thought, thoughts, and then the thinker. And so it's like literally the thing that I portrayed to you was a thought because it was something that was put into me. It was something I was told. And it's something that was told to me at a very young age and kind of portrayed in, in a young age to me. And, but it wasn't really rekindled until recently in regards to all the media uproar and the content that's being created. And I realized this is something I've been stewing with. And it takes a great amount of security to kind of say, like, this isn't a thought that I've generated, but I'm allowing it to manifest in my actions. So, like, it is a way of somebody inputting data into my hard drive and telling me to act that way. And it is weird, and I don't like it. I really hate it. And I feel like a lot of people are confused. And the thing that you're so graciously sharing here is the, uh, the, the strength and the bravery that it takes to have empathy uh, for a situation and for yourself and for everyone else around you. And that empathy and that awareness allows you to look inside and to say, hey, these might not be my thoughts. These, might be, these thoughts might be curated by somebody who wants me to do something that's in their favor and might want me to not be an individual. They want me to just kind of hop on their side of the fence. And so, man, that's a real thing. And I think a lot of people my age especially who garner most of the traffic on Instagram, et cetera, you know what I mean? Those are the people who I think there's a lot of anger and confusion. And I think it's mainly confusion. <laughs> it's, the, let, me, let me just jump in there. Please, um, come on. That's what it's about. Every, everything that you just described, yeah. it's not confusion it's manipulation oh come on oh wow so you just got caught as it is We're, right everybody is being manipulated i know it's to weird. believe what people want them to believe and until we don't allow ourselves to be manipulated and we can shut out the rest of the world and teach our children how to be respectful 
so they can teach their children how to be respectful not only of themselves but of others right right nothing's going to change until we do that and that's the bottom line and I, people won't admit that they can be manipulated i don't think these people are acting like they're they're individuals and that they're they're sharing a message that is actually indicative of a re- of rebellion but it's not it's uh if, it's being manipulated if you uh, say, say you watch um, a particular. What, what news channel do you watch? I, I do the same, man. I'm, I, you know, five, okay. six channels. So, so if 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 you if you put yourself, if you aligned yourself for ten days, okay, if, with one media outlet, I will guarantee your opinion goes this way towards that media outlet, and then you go. For ten days on right. another channel, right. your opinion is going to go back the other way. Do you think so, that's a mode of functionality? That's a behavior, or can that be manipulation. changed? Manipulation. They're all manipulating you to believe their narrative. In one way or another, they're manipulating you to believe their narrative. That's it. So, as I keep saying, teach your children to read. Teach your children to analyze. Right and understand yeah, that the way of uh, the American way. I I I've never lived in other countries, um, but the American way is to manipulate to get what they want. That's that's in in politics in media manipulate to get what you want. Check this out. So you hear about people who are in POW camps and and then being held hostage, and they were forced to write, and they were forced to write things at first that were not questionable. Um, America is an imperfect country, right? Anyone can say that this world is imperfect in some way. Maybe the concept of what it's morally based on has great intention, but we've all experienced imperfection in our lives. But then we, and then those prisoners would be given a reward. And then over time, they were, they were, uh, they were forced on the scale to keep going more and more and more and more extreme, all being herded, all being given a reward. And we're given the reward nowadays by people liking your comments, by people resharing your story, by people messaging and being like, thank you for being on the right side of history. But it's the same thing. We're being forced to describe a narrative and it's whatever side of the fence that you're on. But really it's a lack of the individual himself is dying here. The individual is dying and, and within the individual lies the bravery and the empathy to have a, a, an, a, an existence that actually curates change. Yeah, absolutely. Man, absolutely wild. Absolutely crazy, man. I mean, I, I appreciate you sharing your, your experience here. And, and, Anytime, and, man. You know, I, I think we were kind of all over the place here and there, but it, it's, it's emotional, you know, and it's, um, it's something that I, I believe wholeheartedly, you know, we need, we need to unfuck the next generation you know of of people we need to make sure that nobody feels sorry for who they are what color they are um what they believe in you know and not everybody is always going to be accepting of everybody else right you you may choose mcdonald's over burger king just by preference right any day of the week right does that that make you you know uh, a scumbag to burger king you know, so it just just know that it's I know and we're smart enough to know that this world is, is never going to be an all accepting world. 
<clears throat> but it can be an all respective world, right? We're all respecting one another. And, and, and if you don't like a certain type of someone or a certain race or color, that's your prerogative, but leave it at home. You know, and, and, and don't take it to the job if you're a law enforcement officer. Don't take it, you know, to the to the school. You know, just just leave it. Leave it behind you, you know. Do you see, if you were to be able to have been given a great power of authority over the way that police officers are, were to be trained and the way the budgets are distributed and who's in charge, et cetera, um, what just on the macro, so people can kind of understand from somebody who legitimately operated within the tools and the functionality of the domain of expertise, what would you do? Say you were given that that power, what would you do to change on in regards to the home? You're changing it at home for police officers. How would you do that? That's a tough question too. Law enforcement officers need time under tension, right? In training. Wow. They, they need stress um, and they need to, you know, weed out those who can't handle stress, right? Um, so if, if, if I were to be able to um, train myself for today's society, yeah. um, it, it would be more and more and more stress piled upon my training you know, um, fear, you know, uh, you, you want to see the fear. Do they simulate fear ever? Was that ever, can, can, uh, if, if I, if I suddenly pulled a gun on you, you know, during training in a classroom, right, you're suddenly going to go, oh shit, you know, things that are unexpected, you know, you have to expect, right. you know, and wow. you have to be, you have to be able to, react properly under stressful situations and unless you train under those stressful situations you're not going to always react properly there there are several that can you know um <clears throat> but you're not always going to get that reaction that you want so you have to train that way you know it's it's you know you're you're, you're not going to you know, be able to slam a basketball unless you practice, right? You're not going to mm. be able to, you can slam that basketball all day long with nobody standing in front of you. But if somebody stands in front of you, it's a different situation, right? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. The same thing with music, the same thing with music. You gotta, you gotta do it. I call it, um, I call it, uh, uh like, um, I forget the word for it, but it's basically the idea of like, I literally have it set up back there. You can see it. I'll turn the lights off in here. And then, so it emulates just the light. And so it's like, I'm literally on stage. And so you try to simulate that environment. So your heart rate changes and you might be perspirating. And it's like, you've got to put yourself in that. Yeah, man. You know, you know what it's, how different it is to stand in, in, in a rehearsal hall and practice for, you know, six weeks before you hit the road. And then you suddenly you're standing there in front of you know twenty thousand people, right? It's a big difference. You know that that um, the stress of making sure that next chord is right. You you know you know that you've practiced so much that you can't get it wrong, right? Not to get it right, you practice to not get it wrong, right? You you know you can't get it wrong anymore, and that's that's the training that's missing. So some people practice so they get it right. 
you know, we practice so we don't get it wrong. Whoa, man, that's very salient. And you cannot have derived that explanation unless you actually had gone through that life experience. So that's beautiful. And I think it's, it's the words that are coming from that life experience place is that people like me, um, people who subscribe to what I do, uh, hopefully more people need, it would, you know, it'll help them to hear that. So I appreciate you taking the time, man, to talk about that and be honest. Yeah, right. Peace, my brother. <laughs> All right, my brother. Wow. That was, uh, that was one of the most uh, insightful conversations I've ever shared on the Lost Highway podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, I want to thank Mr. Scott DiCarlo. And I want to thank everybody uh, out there in the world today trying to improve themselves and just do a better job and, and point the direction to empathy. I think empathy is, is something that we could all could all have we could all share with each other here in this odd odd uh, odd odd simulation that is our life in 2020 so the music we were hearing today everyone was uh sugary by the grateful dead of course how we start off every podcast from nashville uh 12 16 78 uh, my uh i was not born yet and uh transitioning we had bill evans peace peace p-e-a-c-e peace p-i-e-c-e and uh my favorite bill evans song ever and it's, uh, I don't know, I wanted to play that before. Before we went into that heavy conversation with Scott DiCarlo. And then we had Bonaparte's Retreat by Willie Nelson. This is from 1975. Uh, so we're feeling a little bit 70s today. Uh, we are almost, we are just past uh, 250 vinyls sold for the 500 vinyl goal of A Young Man's Country, the first Cosmic Country album produced by Robin Ford. It would, it would keep me cosmic and positive and you the same if you guys go pre-order a copy, a wax copy of the, uh, the first Cosmic Country LP live. Uh, cut live in the studio at least. Uh, we did 100 shows last year. Over 100. Then we just cut a record over around it. It was really a fantastic process. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook and patreon it's everywhere i appreciate you guys so so sincerely much and i I really do love you i really do sincerely do and uh, i just hope you stay positive hope you stay cosmic and uh, let me know how i can be of service to you anyway just reach out to me on uh, dms anywhere anywhere in the in the cosmos go stream the new cosmic country single justice the new cosmic country album young man's country out on august 7th stay cosmic